0: Welcome to another Griffith University podcast.
1: Okay, everybody. Um, thanks, everyone, for uh, coming, especially given the weather. Um, but I think we'll have a better time for discussion. Um, today we have um, Dr. Sean, Professor Barker, to um, talk about um, the life and uh, career dilemmas uh, for um, women professionals in IT area, particularly in, in India. <coughs> And uh, both uh, Dr. Shah and uh, Professor Barker from IBES. Uh, Dr. Shah's uh, research focus is uh, Indian expatriates, cross-cultural adjustment, international human resource management, gender, and Indian multinationals. She also works as a cross-cultural consultant, organizing delivering cross-cultural training and cultural diversity programs uh, for local clients um, as well as international clients, including Bishop Billington and Santos. Uh, Professor Barker, her areas of research um, include intercultural adjustment, intercultural skills development, expatriation, and internationalisation of the curriculum. She used to be a social worker in the then Department of Immigration and Ethnic Affairs, and later um, a deputy director of AusAID in Queensland. Now uh, Michelle's professional exp- uh, uh, expertise is in the intercultural. Um, adjustment of international student, uh, skilled migrants and refugees. In the early 1980s she was an intern and researcher in two UNHCR refugee camps in the Philippines while uh, an east-west center scholar at University of Hawaii. Michelle has also acted as a consultant preparing individuals and families for expatriate assignments. She has won several national teaching awards in the year of 2002 and 2005 and she was an Australia Endeavour Award uh, recipient in 2011 for her contribution to international education. Mm. So uh, I'll give it to you, Michelle, first. Mm.
2: Thanks, Stephen. Thank you very much for the introduction. And thank you particularly for for coming to um, join us and we're hoping that you'll be able to give us some... Um, feedback and your comments. Um, delighted that you're here. Um, and Dara and I are particularly interested in um, in your feedback because we have an opportunity to present uh, this research at a conference at the end of this month. Now we're in June, we can say at the end of June, uh, which is the Academy of International Business, um, which is in New Orleans at the end of the month. So... Um, this is great practice for us. So thank you for <laughs> helping us to um, you know, to uh, present it and to get, to get your ideas. Good. So as you can see, it's uh, the issue of to go or not to go. And we're particularly interested in what are the things that enable um, Indian women in particular going on international assignments and what are the things that um, are barriers or that get in the way of that So first, let's take a look at um, some of the the literature context for this question. Um, It's been fairly underrepresented in the literature, and if nothing else, as researchers, we're always looking for gaps, aren't we, of uh, things to investigate. Um, A study in the NASCOM study in 2012 estimated that women's participation in the Indian IT and the BPO workforce is about 30%. So one of the critical enabling factors for continued growth in the in the industry um, is around participation and, and participation of women. India, as you know, is a, a transitioning society, so there's incredible uh, dynamism at the moment. So the whole question about what is a woman's role, the traditional role as, you know, um, being a, a homemaker, being a caretaker, is very um, deeply entrenched in the society, but that is changing very rapidly. And Dara's just had an opportunity of um, visiting very different sectors within India and and seeing that firsthand at all different levels of society. So we think it's a really good time to be trying to understand what's happening for for women, particularly in India. So there's a lot more emphasis on um, the woman as an individual and liberation in that sort of um, sense of breaking out of the traditional roles and making a contribution in the workplace. So, so far, a lot of the literature on women in international um, management focuses on uh, two things. It focuses on Western women as opposed to women from anywhere and also on the barriers. It sort of reminds me of uh, research in international students. The the focus has always been on the negatives. You know, what are the problems of international students or the problems of newcomers, whether they're migrants or refugees, rather than um, a strength-based approach around what is the contribution that people can make. So I can see some parallels uh, in that area. So when we look at the barriers, uh, some of the things that have um, made it difficult for women are firstly a perception that, well, women don't really want to go there, do they? No, they don't really lack the motivation to take on an international assignment. Why would they want to do that? So there's that sort of perception around. And then there's also a perception about when you are on an international assignment, um, is you know, what's your experience going to be like in country X or country Y? And if there's a perception that that host country has, um, it's going to be difficult for for you as a woman in some way, then that will be talked up, uh, that that's going to have a negative impact on your experience. Also, we, we're interested in investigating... Um, What are organisational policies in relation to women? And we'll talk about this a little bit further as part of our investigation, but um, is there a proactive um, strategy to encourage women to be taking on these um, assignments as part of their career progression? Um, How are they supporting women um, and men who who take them on? But we're particularly interested in what does that mean for women who um, put their hand up or get asked to take on an international assignment. And I guess the other barrier that's been talked about a lot is that one which you know, many of us can relate to, be man or woman, um, about the conflict between uh, work demands and family uh, responsibilities. So there have been some of, the, some of the barriers that have uh, been seen to get in the way. So let's look at the research problem. We're trying to take a holistic approach to understand Indian IT women's both their positive and their negative experiences on an international assignment and how does this impact on their career. As we've said, a lot of the literature has focused on the barriers uh, to taking long-term assignments and there's been very limited uh, literature so far on the particular experience of Indian IT women um, and what's, you know, there has focused more on uh, work-life balance issues. So just put it another way, we're looking at the barriers and the enablers for women deciding to take on international assignments. We're looking at um, what are their family expectations, society's expectations of them, what does the organisation expect of them? And what does this mean for their their life stage and their career stage? How does the international assignment fit into that? And as part of that then, what's the impact of going on an assignment on their career growth or their career development? So anyone have a question about the question? Does that make sense? So the aim then is to investigate the influence of three sorts of barriers and three sorts of enablers. Family, society and career. What are the barriers and what are the enablers on um, women's decision making about undertaking the assignment? So we're wanting to develop a decision making model and so it can... Um, lead to some new insights into the dynamic nature of women's global work, and also a decision-making model that will have implications for the organisation, or for organisations in general. How can we assist organisations to uh, develop their policies and practices um, around um, women and assignments? And particularly for the IT industry, because that's the industry, the sector that we're looking at. So to date, the theoretical framework that's looked at um, barriers and enablers has largely come from uh, Caligari and Cassio's work and earlier uh, very influential work um, by Adler, um, which looked at women in international management. So you'll see there the experiences of women. It's often... um, understood in terms of what is it about their personality characteristics? Um, what about the support from the company or organization? What about their family support? Is that a push or a pull? And then the host national attitudes in the country in which they conduct that assignment. So, what have we been doing? Uh, it's an ongoing project and it's being conducted in two phases. and. Um, We acknowledge the support of GAI in the second uh, phase of the research. The first phase that we're reporting today is uh, a qualitative study and uh, we've conducted, or DARA in particular has conducted semi-structured interviews and observations with 23 Indian IT women who've been on what's considered a a long-term international assignment. So more than nine months, and in our sample, the range was nine months to two and a half years. We're taking an exploratory approach because, as we said, there's uh, a lack of um, uh, understanding in the literature right now. So using a qualitative methodology an exploratory approach, and we're really wanting to understand from the women's own perspective. So it's um, an interpretivist paradigm trying to understand what it means for them. Uh, We've been doing some um, content coding, looking at the themes, and using NVivo to help us with the analysis. The second study, the second phase of the study, uh, is a quantitative phase, and that's going to be conducted uh, later this year, and it's going to be a a large-scale survey of Indian men and women in the IT sector at the junior and middle management level, and we are hoping to look at four large uh, IT companies in India, so we are currently negotiating madly around around entry into organisations at the moment. So we'd like to test the decision-making model that we're coming up with in Phase 1, and some of the uh, propositions that have been developed in this phase. the bigger picture is to understand the career trajectory of, of men and women to senior roles and where do these international assignments uh, fit as part of that. Good. Well, I think that's the context for it and I'd like to hand over to Dara to tell us some of the, the findings. Right.
0: Thanks, Michelle. Thank you everyone. Um, so, just um, in terms of as Michelle was talking about, it was an exploratory phase, so I was quite open to while we use the theoretical model in terms of what sort of barriers research has been you know indicating that impact on women 's decision about taking on undertaking or not undertaking international assignments. so we wanted to keep it open, we wanted to see what themes were emerging, whether it is barriers, or also, are there enablers? And does that impact on their decision-making? So the first thing we wanted to be asked was about their motivations. Because generally, with previous research, it was found that the motivation among women is one of the barriers, and it's usually they do not want to take on (coughs) international assignments. So it was interesting to ask that question. Now, one thing that I do want to mention here is that these women have had these international assignments that they went for about anywhere from two to five years in the in the past in the previous two to five years, so things had changed so when they took on the international assignments about sixty five percent women were single at the time of the international assignment and um, the, out of the others, 21% were married, but they actually went for the assignment without their partners, and one actually in particular left her child behind and went on the nine-month assignment. And there were only about five women who took the whole family with her on the international assignment. So it was quite an interesting picture at that at the start to see this is what was like at the time of the assignment and when we did conducted the interviews it had quite changed only 17% were single then most of them were married so it kind of got very interesting to then see at the time of the assignment what were their motivations and then we could actually look at after you know in the last two or five years five to five years what has changed and are they still willing to take on the long-term assignments So the first question we asked was about the motivation at the time of the assignment. Now, one of the things that uh, we found was usually these women, and most people join the Indian IT industry to gain an international experience. So it's like a prestige thing. And usually once they get into, they get an international exposure, they get better career opportunities. And for these women in particular, there was one thing that really... um, brought home the traditional expectations of the Indian society. So a lot of these single women still stayed with their families, with their parents, and they just wanted to break free and they wanted to challenge those traditional expectations, have an exposure. So one of the um, participants, Rada, she said, since I had never stayed away from my family, so being independent and doing things on my own and not depending on anyone for any support or help inspired me to take that international assignment. So it was quite interesting to see there is that little bit of that cultural side to it as well. We then went on to actually understand the organization's attitudes. So we started off with asking about how was the selection? You know, were there any discrimination in that end between selecting a man or a woman for that international assignment. Interestingly, most of them said there was no direct discrimination. But for women, they would ask them for an international assignment only if they raised their hand. But for men, if they are working on a project and if there is an assignment that at the client side, they would just say, would you like to go? But they would never ask a woman. So there is that a little bit of, is that discrimination or not? But the assumption is that these women, you know, in India, there would be a lot of traditional roles and societal expectations, and so they wouldn't want to ask them. They might think that it was rude. So one woman actually explained it. She said, I did show my interest, you know, I'm looking for an international assignment. So then only they come to know, because usually for girls, until they show their interest, mostly no one approaches. And there is, again, a little bit of that cultural (coughs) side to it, because it kind of goes to show that in India, you don't usually ask, you know, women wouldn't take on international assignments. Even single women, if they are going on an international assignment, there are lots of societal expectations around that. Um, um, Rani actually said, basically the organization would ask you whether personally there would be any family constraints for me to travel. I understand why they do it. So I will focus on the net project or on the assignment. So the women understood that why the organization did it. So they didn't feel that there was an, any discrimination or anything. They said, of course, we understand what is required and why the organizations do it. So it was quite interesting to see that but one of the um, things that we noticed was that a lot of IT companies were coming up with diversity programs to actually encourage women to undertake international assignments so they were finding it really hard for women to join to go on international assignments but they wanted them to so um, there was one woman in a managerial role, um, Rima, she said There's a conscious effort from my organization in terms of increasing the percentage of women who can actually travel and do international assignments. So our VP HR is spearheading this whole diversity initiative. She holds these training programs for women, specifically in the middle management, and these are leadership programs. She asks, what is it that all you ladies want? If you want, we'll process visas for your husbands or mother-in-laws or whatever you want. However, the percentage of women who are on long-term assignment is still less, especially the senior women. So it is quite interesting to see, and I I thought it was quite interesting that organizations were offering visas for mother-in-laws. So again, that whole expectations of how family systems work in India that whole cultural outlook of it as well. But yet, you know, we we did find that a lot of women did not move to senior-level positions. And that is not just in India. It is around, you know, in most countries around. So the next thing we asked was, so, all right, there wasn't any issues with regards to selection. So how about the preparation and support? Generally, previous research has focused mainly on you know, um, because organizations are not interested to send women on an international assignment, but generally if women do go, there should be some additional preparation or support for them. However, in our um, sample, we found that 90% of the women said they didn't have any special training or anything additional provided. It was equal for men and women. So whatever training that men got, the same women would get, and same for support but the problem was that it was lacking. Now, I do want to mention here that um, in IT industry, generally, when anybody, when a new graduate joins the industry, they get a training, like a basic, etiquette training. So just about the please and thank yous and how to eat and things like that. So there's an assumption that they are, they know that, you know, those differences. And also most people are expected to speak English. So based on that assumption most organizations don't realize the need to provide any specific cross-cultural training for the country they just assume that it is these women are prepared so there was generally a lack of support and preparation but one thing that we did find within our sample was that the women who had social support network within the countries that they were going in, so previous friends from um, who were on an assignment there already, or families wherever they were going to US or Australia, if they had families and friends they did not actually care whether there was preparation or support. But for the ones who did not have anyone in the country of assignment, like there were a few who went to Netherlands and even parts of US where there wasn't an Indian diaspora, they actually found it really difficult with lack of support and preparation so we do do need to actually explore that further in our next phase as well but it was quite interesting that women said you know what these barriers don't exist we were really happy and more importantly most of um, so one of the women actually spoke about why the organization provides lack of support now in this case um, this woman went for a year and a few months assignment and her organization's policies were that if they are on a less than two year assignment they're not allowed to take their husbands with them. The assumption was that you know as Rati says if a woman goes with her husband and her husband finds a job there then she will not come back so all the knowledge that she would have gained out there goes waste however if a guy goes there will there with a family he's working with the company right so he will have to he will have to come back because our assignments are fixed so it's quite interesting that again there is that undertone of discrimination where women are not allowed to take their husbands based on the assumption that women will follow the husband if the husband gets a job there but the assumption for the male partner is for the men is that their wives will not get a job or will not follow them. So it is quite interesting. Um, so the next one that we asked and it actually it wasn't a specific question but it came out really within the interviews was about work-life balance. Most of the women spoke about having better work-life balance at international sites. Now when in India especially the IT industry is known for their long hours and really huge pressures so when they were on the assignments, especially in countries like Australia and some, in the U.S. as well, a lot of them felt that they had better work-life balance. They'd, they were asked not to work beyond 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock or something. So they were able to go and do something for themselves like you know, join a gym or something. So it was quite interesting. Um, well, uh, Rima said, in Australia whenever I was in office I was told that we should not work beyond a certain time so there was quality of life, work-life balance in Mumbai in India you end up working around 9.30 from 9.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. and so for working women it goes becomes a challenge in in life with kids because kids need the attention as well, their school homework the prime time that the kids have to stick to their books is 6 to 9, where we are occupied on overseas calls. So now that is challenge which I am facing since she had a child. But So during the assignment, it was quite interesting that they had a positive experience and there was more work-life balance. So we wanted to actually then see whether having that meant that they would want to go on Future international assignments because, of course, if they have such a great experience. So we started to actually put this into perspective. We, because it was interesting that these women had had changes to their life and career stages in terms of most of them were married, most of them had kids, so we wanted to see what changed. whether they would take on international assignments now. So we started to break it down between long term and short term. So this is only a picture about married women. We haven't done another one for single women because the assumptions would be quite different for them. But married women with children, we the question was whether they would consider whether they would go for long-term or whether they would go for short-term assignments. Now, most of the women spoke about they wanted to take on long-term assignments, but those long-term assignments were if they were more than two years. If they were less than two years, they felt they did not want to disrupt their families because it would mean that either they were not allowed to take their children and their husbands with them, or it meant that, you know, they would have one or two years of disruption. So if it was more than two years, then there was a better chance for them to actually take that assignment. Again, there was one thing that they spoke about a lot was whether they had the social support network. So that was quite interesting that they wanted to have that social support network. So whether long term that is more than two years, whether they had social support. And if that was a yes, then it was about... um, you know, what sort of job opportunities are available for the husband, whether he's allowed to work or whether he will have to leave his job. So, now within the IT industries, most of these women, their husbands were also working within the IT industry as well. So, for them, it was a conscious decision that they both would get jobs within IT. So, that kind of was coming out. So, we wanted to see. All right, so that was, if there was a yes, then they would accept the international assignment. But if there was a no year, then they started to actually rethink. Also, if they had children, whether, what sort of, you know, schools are available for children, what sort of things, you know, uh, care and support that they would have in the country of assignment was also quite important. Now, on the other hand, if it was short-term assignments, and a lot of women actually spoke about if it was three, four weeks of assignment, they were ready to take it. Because that, but again, that meant whether they had that support from their in-laws, from their parents. So that's a social support within India was very, very important. And how the family, how the spouse felt about her taking that assignment. So that was a critical factor and so based on that they would actually accept the international assignment depending on what their motivations and skills were so it is still a you know a process of developing this uh, particular model we are at the phase and we would love to get some feedback on it as well But um, this is what we are starting to find. But one of the things that is coming out and which we are going to test in our next phase is the impact of them not taking on these international assignments, which has on their careers. So some women actually spoke about having completely changed career aspirations after they had children. A lot of them said, oh, I've moved into a different role. Some of them said, after children, of course, you know, um, it's a different story altogether. Because if you ask me now, then I have to think because I have a kid now. So I wouldn't take on an international assignment if I was asked to. And if that meant I had to change my career, then I would. But that's, again, more of an explore. um, We need to test it in the next phase. Uh, Kartika said, I mean, when you have kids, you also have to consider them as well. When you take up an assignment, so long term, I did not accept at all. But then short trips, I was fine with, usually three to four weeks. And the weeks I could choose, depending on my convenience, so that when the school, uh, kids are at school and things like that. So what we found was most women interviewed had accepted the assignments when they were single or they were traveling with their husbands, who were in similar roles. Only very few women actually left their husband and children behind when they went on assignments. The expectations and experiences changed after marriage, or after the birth of their children, and their decisions were mainly influenced by the family and societal expectations of them to look after their children as well as their role as a homemaker. So, summary in terms of the Phase 1, we were like. Highly skilled aspirational Indian IT women have entered a very demanding sector in which to pursue their careers. However, demands of marriage, motherhood were in increased pressure on them. Most had changed their aspirations as a result. However, in terms of the whole expatriation practices, we did not find any differences between men and women. And overall, there weren't any barriers as prominent for women to take on the international assignments. Most of the experiences were great. However, the work-life balance, um, you know, even within that, we found it was quite positive in the country of assignment, but yet not a lot of them wanted to take those assignments. So that's something that um, we need to explore further. Thank you. Mm -hmm. For more Griffith University podcasts, go to www.griffith.edu.au forward slash podcasts.